Hello and welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. This was a Twitter space hosted by Orbital Command. It was the Apollo Dow AMA featuring special guest Cosmic Ape One. Let's take a listen. All right. Well, we can get started as we wait for uh, people to to shuffle in here. I'm sure that, you know, usually we do these every Tuesday and usually as we go, more and more people kind of hop on. So I'm sure that uh, it'll be very similar this week as well. So uh, how you doing, Bruce? We appreciate uh, you coming on. I am very well, thank you. And thanks so much for having me on. Um, always great to be on these things. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. Yeah, we're... I hope you're doing well as well. I'm sorry, say again? Just said, hope you're doing well as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing pretty well watching Luna uh, pump to the absolute moon here with the monthly candle close. I don't know how uh, any lunatic could not be happy about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely a big day. Because <laughs> it seems to come pretty uh, suddenly out of nowhere as well. Um, I think we've all been watching the burns and kind of expecting something to kick in. But uh, yeah, definitely a big day today for Luna. Yeah, Christmas seems like uh, Christmas came early for the lunatics. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, so why don't we, uh, why don't we just get started here? Um, so... This is really a platform where every week, uh, every Tuesday, we try and have uh, someone from a protocol in the Terra ecosystem uh, come on and just talk to the community and answer some questions that people have just to, you know, really help educate people in the space and bring together some of the big minds so that we can kind of all, uh, you know, make it, as they say, you know, wag me. Um, And so we do these every Tuesday uh, at this time. And this week, we're joined with Bruce from Apollo Dow. And if you're not familiar with Apollo Dow now, uh, I'm sure we are going to go over a ton of the details of this protocol and the exciting stuff that they are building there uh, over the next uh, 50 minutes or so. So, uh, Bruce, um, why don't you uh, give people a brief introduction of yourself, you know, um, what you do at Apollo Dow, and then maybe tell us a little bit about what Apollo Dow is. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I kind of do a bit, a bit of everything that's um, non-dev related at Apollo. So everything from kind of helping with the, the product design, what are the next plans, what are we aiming to build, what's going on kind of the other ecosystem. Um, try and make sure that I, I'm DJing on, on all the chains and, and kind of pretty, pretty up to date with everything in DeFi. Um, and then try and kind of translate that to what we can bring to Terra and what kind of a lot of these other chains have. Um, obviously, Terra system. So... It's, it's nice, you've got kind of a bit of a roadmap um, on a lot of these things, so try and keep very up to date with that. Um, and then also work in terms of kind of the community stuff, so creating the content, uh, working with the community, kind of crowdsourcing the community ideas as well. Um, I'm really trying to kind of build that up on, on that side. Um, and Absolutely. Then in terms of kind of Apollo DAO, more. Oh, so I'm going to do a, an introduction of Apollo DAO as well, I can remember, sorry. 
Yeah, no, yeah, jump into it. Sorry, I, I, I think, I don't know if it was my connection, it probably was, but uh, you cut out for a minute there when you were explaining things, but I, I kind of got the gist of things. I, I'm not sure if it was on my end or yours. It might be on my end, so I'm on the uh, the hotel Wi-Fi at the moment, so I do apologize if uh, it's not the best quality, but uh, yeah. Oh, that's all right. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, so Apollo DAO in, in general is, uh, we really like to think of it as kind of a liquidity management platform, so while we're starting with auto compounding pools, this is one, something that we felt like a lot of users were looking for. So it's a something we're trying to provide to users that we feel would have good product market fit and, and, and be useful for a lot of people. But on the other hand, we're also kind of looking at how can we use these tools to, to end up kind of bootstrapping our war chest and not only how can we use that to, to continue backing the, the token and giving it more inherent value, but also looking at ways that we can then kind of deploy that capital um, so taking the the the, um, the auto compounding platform as an example, um, we've now got kind of our own protocol, own liquidity, and we could, for example, deposit that into our own platform, or we could have other tokens that we deposit into our platform. So we're we're not only kind of building the the tools and the platforms for for users, but we're also kind of building um, the tools and the platforms that, that we want to use um, within the ecosystem, and we feel that kind of would be beneficial to Terra. Um, so yeah, so kind of really starting. Relative, relatively, uh, basically, in terms of kind of it, it's just kind of simple auto compounding pools. But um, I think it's nice that there's a lot of kind of opportunity on, on Terra. Like I said, it's it's very new, so I think a lot of these tool, tools are kind of really needed. So um, we've been very happy with the kind of amount of TBL we've attracted to the platform, and and being very excited by by how much we've been able to uh, to bootstrap the the war chest so far. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Apollo DAO is a really interesting project, and. Uh, before we dive into things too much, I just wanted to preface and say um, that we might be having uh, another um, guest join us um, from Orbital Command here. Um, so my name is Zion. I'm the marketing director at Orbital Command, but we're also uh, might be joined by Shah, who is also part of Orbital Command, one of the founders. Um, and so he is he's actually in Miami right now at the uh, TFI Alpha event there. So he might be hopping on, and if he does, uh, he'll he might pop in to ask some questions as well. But um, I think what we'll do, Bruce, if if it's all right with you, is um, I have some questions here, and we can kind of go through those. But if the community members have any questions as well, feel free to just request to speak, and I will promote you to speaker, and then you can ask Bruce your question, uh, just like we always do, and then. Um, we could talk about, you know, have a discussion about things as well. It doesn't just have to be, you know, kind of a question and answer kind of a format. Um, so, yeah. So if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free at any point throughout this to just request to speak and then I will promote you to speaker. Um, but Bruce, you know, Apollo DAO is a really interesting concept. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, how did the team actually come up with the idea for Apollo DAO and this war chest and and some of the different product ideas that you guys have going. Yeah. Um, so I think it was actually quite organic, really. It wasn't, probably that wasn't the kind of the first idea we came up with. Um, so originally we were actually looking at something more similar to something like a, like an Alchemix on, on Terra. That was, Alchemix was kind of very hot at this point and it was kind of a very interesting new DeFi project. And we we're kind of looking at, could we bring this to, to, to Terra with kind of cheaper fees benefiting from stuff like Anchor? Um, and yeah, so we kind of both like a couple of us have kind of been in being in Alchemix and loved the product, but it but it's super expensive to be kind of using that through through all the fees and stuff and kind of really cuts down on your profitability. Um, so that was kind of actually what we were initially looking at, but due to not having some of the infrastructure like curve pools, it was it was kind of not possible at that time 
Um, so we were kind of just, that's kind of how we initially kind of came together with just kind of brainstorming ideas and kind of we all joined a Discord together. And um, then that was kind of coming up to the the hackathon. So it all kind of worked pretty well at kind of cementing the team together. And it went from kind of idea sharing to to let's kind of create a, a project for this hackathon to um, let's actually kind of create this project very quickly. Um, so yeah, it was great to be part of, but yeah, so we kind of shifted from that um, kind of the stablecoin Alchemix model and looked at kind of other things that were missing. And I think the, the big glaring thing was a an auto compounder at that point. Um, so once we'd kind of settled on that, we then kind of looked at rather than just trying to do what had been done on other chains, we tried to look at what had been done, but maybe what worked well, what didn't work well, and kind of what lessons could we learn from these. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I, I think kind of especially on the, the auto compounder side, there is a lot of difficulty with the tokenomics you, the the model normally requires token incentives so you're going to have inflation of the of the token model and we looked at a number that, that kind of performed well in terms of attracting lots of tbl but the token hadn't performed well um, and then looked at kind of some other ones like um yearn and, and rari that while they didn't have token incentives they their, their token performed very well they'd kind of attracted a lot of um, tbl through being doing stuff that no one else had done so i think we tried to take a, a middle ground approach where we will use token incentives to attract more people and make our platform more attractive. Um, but we really at the heart want to be attracting users because we're creating DeFi products and, and protocols that they want to use. Um, and that then also means that within these protocols, we can start to um, charge uh, performance fees. So the way it will work with the, the Apollo auto compounding platform is you have a certain performance fee taken, um, which we will basically take in either UST, Lunar, et cetera. Um, and in return, you will have a re receive a greater amount of dollar value of um, Apollo tokens. So looking to kind of how can we balance this out of while we're giving out and minting more tokens and the tokens inflating, we're also kind of getting um, a similar amount of value or, or revenue within to, into the war chest. Um, so that was kind of one side of it. And then I guess the other side of it was um, really looking at kind of how like there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of big, big treasuries, especially on Ethereum, if you look at kind of stuff like uh, Olympus and stuff like that have generated huge treasuries, but I think there is always um, maybe some improvements you can do in terms of how do you actually kind of then use these these assets um, actively. Um, and I know Olympus does kind of have stuff through um, Aave and stuff like that, and they kind of have their own liquidity, so they get fees that way. But I think one of the real advantages of Terra is one, you've got kind of anchors, so you can just kind of very easily get your kind of twenty percent on stable coins. But I think. There's also this big move towards these farming events. So obviously we had our own farming event um, at the moment. We're participating in the state of farming event. We've got stuff like the, the Astroport lock drop. So to me, this, this really suits this kind of treasury where you're not necessarily risking any of the, the capital up front. You're kind of costing that capital farming um, early opportunities and getting in at decent prices um, without um, a huge amount of risk um, as well. Huge yeah. amount of risk to the capital. I would say there's always going to be kind of protocol risks and stuff you've got to be, got to be aware of as well. Um, but yeah, so I think we're quite lucky in terms of being on Terra. I think there's just so many opportunities at the moment to deploy this capital. Um, and yeah, at the moment, it's really just kind of focused on growing the treasury and um, kind of really bootstrapping the treasury at the moment with kind of the more long-term focus on then using that treasury to kind of create a, a price floor for the token um, and being a little bit more liquid and a little bit less um, or a little bit more risk averse as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there is a ton of stuff to unpack there that you just mentioned. And you know, things like protocol on liquidity are hot topics right now. So why don't we um, why don't we start there and then we can kind of go in really any direction uh, from that point. Um, it looks like Shah is, is popping in here. I'm, I'm promoting him to speaker now. So then he'll be able to uh, ask some questions and, and join the discussion as well. 
Um, but just starting off, uh, Bruce, you know, you talked a bit about this just now in your in your brief description there. But h- how does Apollo DAO kind of differentiate itself in this new kind of DeFi 2.0 world where protocols are are moving towards this protocol owned liquidity model versus the renting liquidity model? Uh, you know, when you compare Apollo DAO to something like Wonderland. I think they look really different, and I'd like you to just kind of explain for people, you know, what is the differentiating factor there, and how did you guys uh, kind of change the 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 liquidity model there to kind of give you guys an advantage over other protocols like that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I think it's 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 more that we've kind of looked at these kind of yield optimizer platforms, yield yield like um, compounding platforms, and try to look at kind of what were what were the challenges and then also try to look at kind of what were the the solutions and i think kind of that's when when olympus was coming out and kind of time followed um pretty soon after that and i think it, it really kind of struck us as this is a completely different way of doing this very early on that and i think you kind of put it exactly how it is you're, you're no longer renting liquidity you're, you're buying that liquidity and although that's obviously more expensive up front um you don't own it forever and there's always going to be kind of that that trading um it's going to be enabled um but also you can then kind of utilize that liquidity as well. So whether you're getting kind of trading fees or whether you can kind of deposit into other platforms. Um, so I think there's a huge amount of advantages there. And I I kind of see to the the Olympus original project almost like a um, like a prototype for uh, Olympus Pro. I, th- I think they kind of, while, while they kind of showed exactly how powerful it is, I think it, it's not necessarily um, restricted just to those, those platforms that are kind of having the rebasing and the bonds and everything like that. I think kind of bonds um, can be brought to to a lot of projects, and I think it, it can. It's obviously been a very effective way to um, to kind of bootstrap the war chest, and I think it's definitely something we will be looking into. And I think it's something that's also a hot topic on Terra um, in terms of kind of bonding and stuff like that to to raise money for the treasury. So personally, I think the kind of the more projects that move this way, and the more projects that kind of start to explore this, the better. Um, I think. It's, it's it's lovely kind of going to a project and seeing a, a super high APR for kind of staking their token and providing liquidity, but um, also everyone else is kind of getting that, that high APR and that's just kind of adding adding sell pressure as well. So I think you, you need to make sure there's always a balance in these things that it's it's not just um, not just kind of high liquidity without being kind of backed and that you kind of have these long-term plans as well. Um, and I think the other thing is we have a, a fixed supply of, of tokens. We have a, a three-year um distribution plan we heavily during this time but that also means that beyond that we won't have incentives for the the apollo lp so the, the kind of the uh, we could but it would be at the moment um but the kind of the thought at the moment would be we the, the protocol will kind of only as much apollo lp is needed um, and then we would kind of incentivize the, the governance kind of where we'll do really use the kind of single-sided staking they'll be getting um, rewards from the war chest and there'll be kind of revenue splits um from the war chest and the the performance of the war chest um, that way so, sorry, it was a bit of a, a convoluted response, but I hope, I hope that helped. No, that was that was fantastic, and you know, just to just to kind of underscore a couple of points there that you highlighted um, for people. So, you know, a couple of the differentiators here for Apollo DAO versus some of these other uh, protocol-owned liquidity um, projects is one: they have a fixed supply for the Apollo token, so they're not going to be like some of these other platforms that are inflating their token to infinity, essentially. Um, and, you know, some of those projects, you know, credit to them that I'm sure they they have talked about switching over to a model where they're not going to be uh, an inflationary asset like that forever. Um, but right now, today, they are. 
and um, Apollo DAO is, is taking a different approach. And another thing I wanted to highlight for people is the way that this works when you're using that auto compounding tool. So this is kind of some of the alpha here, I think, is if you're, if you're already in something like the Ank UST uh, liquidity pool somewhere else, not on Apollo DAO, you might as well use the Apollo DAO auto compounder because you, although you're going to be paying this performance fee that goes to fund that war chest, which is being invested into different assets uh, by the Apollo DAO, you're being compensated with an equal or more amount of the Apollo token to compensate for that performance fee. So if I'm understanding that correct, Bruce, like you're not actually paying the fee technically if you're using those, if you're getting those Apollo tokens. So you're basically getting the benefit of the auto compounding product without needing to pay that actual performance fee, which kind of differentiates it from something like a spectrum protocol. Is that right? Yeah, so um, so this will be coming with our with our token rewards, which is going live um, very shortly. Um, but yeah, exactly. So it's um, yeah. So I think there, there's got to be kind of the balance there. So I think what we're going to be looking at, especially kind of early on, is it's the balance between providing attractive enough um, APRs for people to be able to, um, or to kind of make Apollo stand out, and for people to be able to or want to be able to use the, the platform. Um, versus kind of how much we are getting for the the war chest and kind of making sure that we're not inflating the token beyond the treasury. Um, but yeah, so I, I think we also have the advantage of once we have these assets, we can then start kind of making making um, revenue from those as well. So even if we say um, we're distributing kind of twice as many Apollo tokens as the performance fee, we would then need to kind of double the treasury um, to really kind of keep up with that inflation. But I think with a lot of the things we're seeing and a lot of the farming opportunities, I think that's not even... Um, too much of a stretch, um, to be honest, especially during the boot, bootstrapping phase. And then kind of later on when we're more established, we were probably looking at a kind of a, a lower, that kind of 20 to 50% um, yearly increase on the treasury. Um, and then we probably have a, a lower kind of token incentive. Um, so yeah, so it, it's really got to all kind of balance out and it's kind of hard to, to predict because there's lots of variables at the moment. But um, yeah, we're kind of prepared to, uh, to see how it goes and it will probably start with a relatively lower performance fee and then kind of um, see how it performs and then we can always kind of increase that um and then also i guess kind of so it'll be a a fixed number of tokens per month that are, that are distributed as well um so yeah it would depend on kind of the, the tvl and stuff like that as well so yeah a few unknowns at the moment but yes pretty much gotcha well that's that's super interesting and you know when those uh apollo rewards go live i'm certainly going to be uh throwing some of my lp into some of those auto compounders um, I, I just wanted to, um, give Bitnate the opportunity here cause he requested to speak a little while ago. So Bitnate, if you want to hop in with a question here for Bruce or a comment. Uh, sorry, I actually didn't request that, but Hey, you know me, I always can throw something in. Um, my, <laughs> my question here, and as, as you guys probably know, I'm a skeptic, not, not a bad skeptic on protocol and liquidity, but you know, it's the new hype and. We're already talking DeFi 3.0 if you haven't caught that. <laughs> um, so my question, biggest concern coming from traditional capital markets, right, is looking at what market makers do, right? They make markets. And even protocol-owned liquidity is still, I would say, several iterations away from what stable market makers look like in advanced capital markets. So point A that I try to bring up is, 
when you're when you have protocol owned liquidity, your long whatever that balance is beta crypto, meaning that is then subject to downside, meaning that the whole protocol has to winter those bear markets. Obviously, that has upside potential too, but as we see some of these new protocols come out, we need to start looking at how we can hedge some of that with options, right? Derivatives, both on the call and put side to kind of hedge it and create additional yield to be a little more delta neutral. And you could skew that, you know, whatever kind of delta variable you wanted, uh, depending on what the community voted on. That's, that's point A I'd like you to kind of think about. And then point B, you've already kind of talked about, you know, rebalancing is complicated and it is a tax to those staking the tokens if it isn't done correctly. And you, you were touching on that briefly and obviously things like time and some of the other crazy ones that you're seeing like million percent APY because they're, they're rebasing like, I don't know, every epic, which is something like three hours or something. You know, it's a huge tax to the people who aren't LP, right? Because you have to LP to get that without being diluted and taxed. So kind of if you could talk about those two things and what you're thinking, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of the first one, I, I think that's a very good point. I think uh, all, the, all the kind of, yeah, like you say, post-growing liquidity is it's all the hype at the moment. It's all the rage. And um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not a, a one-trick pony that's going to do everything. I would say it's much more of a, a tool that you can use as part of kind of a, a range of tools. And I think it's something we've kind of focused on quite a lot at the moment because I think it's... Um, I think it's a beneficial tool for, for other projects to use. And it seems to be kind of something that people are very interested in and very interested in talking about. But um, yeah, I completely agree. It's only one um, one stage. So I, th I think kind of the, the real idea behind it is that because going back to kind of 2017, I think that was, there was so much uh, monopoly and control by all the exchanges. If you were getting a, a project, if you created a project, the, one of the biggest things was when Binance, when exchange, when, when that's going to happen. Um, so the ability to not even have to require that, just be able to kind of set up on a deck and provide your own liquidity um, and not have to kind of deal with any of that is definitely kind of a big improvement. But um, I think there's definitely kind of a, a long way to go there. Um, so I, we do also have kind of traditional market makers that are that are part of Apollo. So um, again, that will be kind of another another bow within the, or another string within the bow of, of kind of helping provide this liquidity and having these kind of long-term liquidity. Um, and then I think kind of on the option side, I think it's definitely not something that I'm particularly expert in. I, I do know some people that are a lot more expert than me, but I, I think it's kind of some some interesting, um, it's definitely an interesting concept to look into. And I think especially when that stuff comes on chain, I think that would be, I think I would have thought options are coming pretty soon um, to Terra. They've got kind of a number on, on other chains. So I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that would be kind of really interesting to look into kind of how, how could we hedge our... Um, our protocol and liquidity as well. And I think once you've got stuff like Mars um, and other stuff like that, then I think that will enable a lot more of the, these tools as well. Uh, so yeah, definitely on the option side, it's, it's not something we've really kind of looked into at the moment, but um, yeah, I think it's an interesting, interesting concept as well. Um, and yeah, and then, sorry, the, the second question was around the uh, people getting um, diluted. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. I mean, it's a tax and obviously, you know, I doubt you're looking at doing something like a million percent return. Um, but again, it's something that's not talked about all that much. It's really not well understood that, right, if you're giving tokens at a discount that you're minting, the people who are staking, A, are getting diluted from the minting, but further 
compounding, they're getting diluted further by a discounted token price, right? That's that's it very much on the surface level. Uh, obviously, it's deeper than that. We don't have to get into the rebalancing metrics because it's probably over a lot of people's heads. But um, yeah, that's something that a, has to be really addressed with this protocol on liquidity side is how do you balance the long-term stakers that aren't necessarily LPing, right? That are then paying in the sense of paying those LPs to get them at a discount. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we kind of have an, a number of different ways. And I think, especially if we were going to go the, the bonding route, it would be much less, um, we wouldn't be bonding newer poly tokens. It would be um, an accumulation by the war chest. So just say, for example, um, the war chest was um, deposited some some funds in um, in the, the Apollo LP. Um, we could then potentially kind of bond out those, those Apollo tokens that have been collected. And it doesn't even need to just be Apollo tokens. The war chest is going to be collecting a variety of different um, variety of different tokens and through pre-sales and through farming and stuff like that. So all of these can be bonded out of the war chest. So we'd be giving these tokens out at a, at a discount, like the kind of the normal bonding model in return, either getting kind of Luna, UST, getting LP. Um, but it, it's, it's a non-inflationary way. The, these tokens will already be in circulation. We won't have to, um, it won't be kind of every time someone bonds, there's, there's new tokens minted like a, like a lot of the other platforms. So it's a little bit of a different way to do it. Um, I would probably be, it, it, I, I think the way it would go, it, it might not have, might not be like a constant bonding process. It might be kind of once a week, there'll be a certain amount of bonds that are available to, to buy. Um, because yeah, it, we do want to kind of avoid, we don't want to be kind of diluting people. And I think if you are bonding straight out of the yield farming reserves, then you're kind of adding a lot of sell pressure um, early on. So that was kind of the side we wanted to avoid. Um, and then, yeah, I think also in, in the long term, if, if we can, in terms of kind of the diluting of users, I think, um, if the protocol has all the own liquidity um, and we don't need to incentivize that, and then we can kind of just focus, focus on incentivizing the one pool of um, the governance stakers, then as long as you're staking in that pool, you're not getting uh, diluted by anyone else. Um, although there will be um, potentially kind of other dilution to, to other pools, but kind of in the really long-term uh, view, when we when we run out of, of token incentives, it will be a buyback and distribute to, to the vaults and then kind of a, a um, like a fee sharing or revenue sharing from the war chest for the, for the Apollo stakers. Um, so yeah, I, it is definitely something we're kind of keeping an eye on in terms of not inflating users and, and trying to make it. Because I think that's the thing you, you don't want you want people to you want people to benefit from being in your protocol early and being kind of your early supporters. So you don't want to be kind of inflating them out and making it worse for them. Um, so yes, that's definitely something that, that's on our mind. And I think we've got we've got a few good ideas around that. But I think we're always always looking for better ways to do it and always looking for new ideas. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the big benefits of having quite a. A, a large team we, we all kind of bring our own ideas in and there's a, lots of brainstorming going on so uh yeah i'm sure we can ha come up with some more ideas around that as well yeah yeah really exciting i definitely feel like it's protocol and liquidity is definitely incomplete and like you said obviously you you believe that too it's definitely not a silver bullet so yeah it seems like you've thought about it further and you've had the opportunity to kind of look at some of these protocols and say okay yeah this doesn't work for apollo because we don't want to do that to our users um and i guess at a point you could actually, you know, once the rewards go away, um, you could look at it from a traditional market maker side where essentially you're not deleting anybody. You're just spreading the, you know, the, the difference between the bid and the ask is what a market maker takes. Right. And so essentially that part of that revenue from that would then go to the war chest to pay him back after the after the inflationary tokens are kind of done. Exactly. I'm not actually. Yeah. Um... 
super familiar with, with, with kind of how market makers actually work so, or the traditional ones work. Uh, so I think it's definitely something I'm going to have to look into a bit more. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's interesting with kind of, yeah, it's one of those things that you kind of, you, you hear about, especially when you're in projects, you get excited when, when a good, uh, good market maker joins. But yeah, I think it's, it's something we can probably, I think, I think this is the thing as well. You Sometimes you get so caught, not caught up, you, you're really looking in kind of the, the uh, Web3 world, the kind of DeFi world, and you kind of miss that maybe there are kind of a good, a good number of lessons you can also learn from uh, the traditional world as well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would recommend looking over at Solana. They're, they tend to be light years ahead on that side of things because they're pulling from that traditional capital market side. Um, I'd say if you haven't already, read the, read the protocol paper from Drift. Um, they've got some great angles at how to change the constant product market maker with a virtual AM with a with virtual market maker. So essentially it's a, it's an augmented K through uh, an Oracle and a lot of different ways uh, to do that. Also looking at a volatility metric where, and, and you're not going to really have this problem as much um, because you're going to have protocol and liquidity, but the fact that during times of high volatility, um, arbitragers are the ones actually making the profits as LPs pull out. And so actually looking at a way to properly compensate those LP holders that hold through the high volatility times and get paid the 10x that you would if you hold, if you were making markets with liquidity and let's say the SPX future options, you know, in that time period, the markets are wider, so the bid ask spreads are wider. So essentially they make more money on that. That's just how volatility works. So looking how to integrate that into is definitely something I would be looking at. Awesome, yeah, definitely going to look into that. And sorry, I, um, what was the name of the project that you mentioned? Drift Protocol. Drift, perfect. I'm going to look into that. Yep. Thanks so much. I always learn something from BitNate, that's for sure. I love, uh, <laughs> I love when you come up here to speak, BitNate, because you, you always got something interesting to talk about. Um, Bruce, <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Bruce, I wanted to, to dive a bit deeper into the war chest here and talk about this a little bit more. So... This is obviously directly in line with this idea of protocol and liquidity, which we um, which we're, we kind of dove into a little bit here. Um, so could you talk a little bit about the war chest and um, how, how many assets are in here now and, you know, how this war chest is going to be deployed or how do you envision the war chest being deployed uh, in the coming months? Yeah, definitely. Um, so at the moment, um, we have, I believe, Roughly um, 1 million in AUST, we have um, 5k in Luna in the wallet, and we have 5k Luna um, staking in the state of community farming. Um, and then we've got um, just over 5 million worth of um, Apollo LP tokens as well. Um, so kind of early on, it's been kind of really focusing on making sure there is enough um, UST liquidity, um, or not liquidity, making sure there's kind of enough UST um, that we raise to create that initial liquidity, but also then having some leftover for some of the farming events coming up. Um, so state was our first one, but we've, we've got quite a few um, coming up. So I'd say the next big one for us will be the, the Astroport farming. Um, so we'll definitely be locking up our Apollo um, LPs in Astroport for the, for the lock drop. Um, and then also looking at uh, potentially locking other things up like some um, lunar UST um, because it's got relatively low liquidity to, compared to how um, how many Astro tokens it's getting. So that seems like another good option. So 
I think this is this. There's obviously to me there's a huge amount of synergy between um, dexes and, and yield aggregators, and I think again we've kind of seen this in Ethereum. So the the more astro tokens we can kind of accumulate early on, um, especially when they start implementing the the kind of curve mechanics. I think there's a lot of very interesting kind of synergy uh, you can see there, and I think ideally for us what we'd really want to do with with that is be able to um, bring be able to boost the vaults for all users. So I think if you kind of look at the curve. Uh, model it, it was pretty pretty well heavy um, early on whereas now there's kind of other platforms that are built on top that kind of spread these um, these these boosted yields out to, to a lot more users so I think to me that's kind of one of the really exciting ones coming up and um, yeah we're kind of it's nice we have to kind of deploy our own um, Apollo LPs in there as well um, so yeah that would be kind of one of the early ones um, we're also kind of looking at stuff like Mars when it comes out well that's kind of a, a little way out as well um, and we're kind of in contact with kind of a lot of lot of other teams and kind of looking at kind of other opportunities. Um, we did uh, put some money in the the Orion uh, private farming as well. Um, so although that was kind of pre war chest, um, there will be um, some some Orion tokens from that since the war chest. So it's basically a, a cost free um, cost free uh, investment from the war chest. So that will kind of have some Orion tokens. And I think kind of once you have these tokens as well, there's a lot of kind of farming opportunities as well. So whether you deposit that in LP. Um, and then you can kind of deposit in the LP and then put it into the Apollo platform as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's kind of going to be a lot of lot of opportunities to to get these tokens and especially get them at the kind of the private sale um, rates. And there's kind of a lot of opportunities to to then farm on them and kind of grow those bags in in a number of different ways. Um, and I, I think it, it's important to to kind of keep relatively diversified, but also not super high risk as well. So we will look to kind of keep a, a reasonable amount of of UST or AUST. Um, in the wallet at all times, and, and and make sure we kind of we continue the benefit of that. And I think, although the market's kind of going very well at the moment, it's crypto. Everything can kind of change very quickly, and and something like the watches is it's not going to move as quickly as a uh, as an individual trader. It's much more like a, a, a large ship you've got to steer. Um, so yeah, I think it's always going to be a little bit more um, kind of keeping an eye on things that could happen in the future. But um, yeah, I, I think it's quite open at the moment, and I think the the real big thing for me is. Once the, the, the um, token governance goes live, that's going to be kind of when the war chest can really kick off. I think we've already had a lot of great suggestions from our community, but I think once they can start kind of creating proposals, start voting on them, I, I think that's when you kind of really see the um, the the amount of knowledge that, that a lot of um, lunatics do have and, and the amount of kind of passion they have for the, for the uh, ecosystem. And I think with stuff like um, Prism coming out, I think this is kind of some, some really exciting things that we have to do with our Luna and... Um, yeah, so so I think I think for me I I, I like the, the the projects when they're out and then you can kind of test them and see what they like and what they're like. Um, but yeah, so much so much kind of big stuff coming and there's stuff like um, Kinetic coming as well. There's stuff like Edge coming as well. Um, we've been speaking to the people at the uh, Yield Foundry DAO who are kind of working on Hedge Plus and other advanced um, strategies um, for Terra. So yeah, I, I think there's kind of a huge amount of stuff coming and I think. We, we, we want to, at the moment, kind of focus pretty heavily in, in, in certain certain opportunities rather than kind of being spread too thin. Um, but yeah, I, I think kind of as the war chest grows, this is kind of more opportunities you can, you can um, get into at one time. So what are, what are you personally uh, really bullish on, you know, when it comes to all these other protocols, like just, just as a slight aside, and we'll, we'll come back to Apollo Dow, but you, you mentioned a lot of some of the upcoming protocols. What are you personally really bullish on or interested in? Uh, are excited about that's coming up soon. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna have to preface this with uh, I'm definitely gonna forget someone that I am very 
trying to hear. Um, so I'm sorry, whoever I forget. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. So I'd say kind of Astroport is one. Definitely bullish on Mars as well. Um, like I said, Prism is definitely definitely another one that seems really interesting. Um, Lavana is going to be pretty interesting. So that's going to come after Mars and go and allow leverage on on tokens. And I think they've been doing a lot of their NFT stuff at the moment. And I, I think they've got some kind of great designs there. Um, kinetic money, I think it's going to be really interesting. That's like a like an alchemix on on Terra, but um, it, it kind of goes beyond that because um, if you look at kind of the success of um, Abracadabra or, or MIM, um, the MIM um, UST bolts, and where you can basically leverage up your your UST. If we if we have these kind of cheaper to borrow stable coins that come to Terra as well natively, then you've not got to kind of transfer to Ethereum, and you could do similar stuff like this um, without the fees. So I think that's kind of a very interesting one. And there's also Edge Protocol, um, so they're going to be coming. They're they're pretty similar to, I guess the most similar thing is kind of Rari Capital Pool, so it's permissionless pools that you can kind of create. So, yeah, I, I think there's kind of a lot of interest. I'm just trying to think who that's coming. Um, cool. Yeah, those are. Ah, I forgot the big uh, Angel Protocol as well. Obviously, that's going to be kind of a big one. And I think I think one of the things that I always kind of struggled to answer was, was when kind of talking to to less or non crypto people. It was always kind of what good crypto do? What what kind of benefit does it bring to, to, to everyone else? And I think having stuff like Angel and, and why I love the fact that this kind of this this terror charity alliance has kind of formed around it and it's become a bit of a thing that 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 part of your revenue will, will go to charity. And I, I think that's exactly the kind of thing that we should be, be encouraging. I think um, I, I know myself and a lot of friends have been been very fortunate with with crypto and and yeah, I think the kind of the more we can give back and the more that we can show that, that crypto is, is a positive force of the world and this stuff and this brain power and, and this technology be, can be used for for good. And I think also combined with that, I think that the kind of the charity area is a really interesting way to um, thing to explore. And I think you, you always go and you kind of give money to charity and you have no idea where that money goes. There's no transparency. Normally, like kind of 30 percent of it goes to just goes to kind of marketing for more money. So I think there, there's a real kind of use case for for kind of charity tracking um, of funds and kind of where are the funds going, where they kind of um, heading to, how they managed. Uh, so I think there's a lot of kind of stuff that could be done um, in terms of charity and, and blockchain as well. So I think it's not just a, not just that we'll be doing charity and blockchain. I think there's a lot of um, advantages there. Um, so yeah, that's another one I'm super bullish on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more on, on the Angel Protocol side of things and a lot of these projects that you mentioned. I mean, Angel Protocol, I, I saw, um, you know, the guys from Angel at the TFI Alpha event in New York, actually. Um, and they had a presentation on their protocol and I was immediately, uh, excited about it. I mean, I, I think that everyone's making, a, everyone's most people, if not everyone are making money in the crypto economy. And, you know, a lot of that money could be put towards some of these charitable causes. And I think like you, you know, were just mentioning, if people knew where their money was going and were able to actually see that. And they're able to actually, you know, trust that their money's going to good use. I think more people would pledge more of their money towards charitable causes. So I'm looking forward to Angel Protocol as well and excited about that. Um, but just to hop back to uh, Apollo DAO here. So I want to talk about the Apollo token. Uh, obviously, this launched recently and has had a pretty significant rise in price since the launch. Um, and for the people that got into the uh, community farming, you know, they're sitting pretty well right now uh, at a current price of, I don't know what it's at now. I think it's at like 350 or something like that. Um, so I want to talk a bit about the Apollo token, Bruce. And um, 
in relation to the Z Apollo token. So what is the Z Apollo token and how does that relate to the Apollo token? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really, so I don't know if you're kind of familiar with the curve tokenomics, but it, it's kind of similar to that. It's similar to the kind of the asset report. So it's basically, um, you, you have your Apollo token and in order to get governance power, you can lock up your, your Apollo token. So the you can lock it up for kind of one week or, or up to two years is kind of what the Astro report um have as well um so it basically means that it's giving an advantage to kind of the, those longer term holders that are kind of more invested in in the project and, and obviously kind of two years or in curves case four years is an exceptionally long time in in DeFi especially um so i think it really kind of shows a lot of um a lot of synergy with that project and i think kind of those are kind of the users you want to reward most and they don't have to be the biggest users um but you still kind of want to be able to reward them so the way it would work is just say you locked um your tokens for for, for one month and you had 100 tokens um you would then get i don't know say a thousand z apollo but if you had the same 100 tokens but locked them for four months you would get four thousand um z apollo tokens so you basically have four times the amount of fees four times the governance power because you're locking um for for four times as long um I, I think there, there's uh, it, it wouldn't be designed in such a way that you kind of have to lock for super long times to get kind of the bonuses. But I think especially around the, the governance stuff, I think you really want to put your governance power in those people that are incentivized to be with you for a long period of time. If, if they're locked for six months a year, they're not going to be making short term decisions um, and they're not going to be making kind of rash decisions with with the pro school, with the treasury, because they are kind of locked in and they are invested uh, for that long period of time. Um, and then the other kind of interesting thing you can start doing around this is they start having kind of uh, token token gorges where you can kind of um, you can use your your voting power to direct liquidity in, in certain ways. So we could have something similar with with Apollo as well, where some of the Apollo rewards would be directed um, by by the by the voters. Um, so yeah, it, it's been pretty um, tried and tested by by Curve, and it would be pretty pretty similar to that. And I think what's really interesting to me is if when Astroport have kind of these curve tokenomics and then we're kind of building a similar sort of curve tokenomics on, on both, then um, I think, yeah, I think there'll be some kind of pretty interesting th things that happen there. And I guess it'll be kind of similar to the kind of the, the V fracks um, that you have where they're kind of built on something like curve as well. So um, a lot of this has been done before, but not quite in this way. So, so I think, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited to see how it goes, but I think that there's been enough kind of research and, and testing of this kind of tokenomics model to see that, it, it is a good way to combat inflation because if you design it right, people are going to be wanting to buy your token, lock it up for long periods of time um, and benefit it from, from that way. Um, and then also kind of, we're also going to have the advantage of the watches is going to be paying those, those Z Apollo stakers in terms of revenue sharing um, long-term. So initially it'll be kind of just the normal liquidity mining rewards. So we can put as much money in the, the watches as possible. Then long-term in the kind of the three-year period that would start transitioning to more of a, a revenue sharing model. And again, it would be kind of based on, on how long you were locked up for um, and how many tokens you had. Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was actually going to be my next question was, you know, when are you know, when is that revenue sharing going to begin for the Z Apollo token holders? So you're saying it's going to be like, you know, years away at this point. Um, well, to be honest, it's, it's completely up to once the governance goes live, it is completely up to the token holders how long. Uh, I, I, I think I think I've been kind of. Um, had some had some bad experiences with protocols that uh, kind of generate lots of revenue but then end up giving it all away away in tokens it doesn't you're, you're kind of giving them a good apr but you're not actually accruing any value um to the actual token so i think there does need to be be a balance there um 
but yeah, it, it really depends. I think it's easier to kind of bootstrap early on and then kind of give out the the, the revenue later on. But I think there's there's definitely kind of some other things that we could do um, here that could be pretty interesting. So if we are kind of accumulating tokens that kind of pre-sale or pre-farming raise, can we then um, potentially kind of make them available somehow to to our Z Apollo stakers at kind of discount rates, or or kind of can we provide kind of other benefits um, that aren't directly um, providing them the Apollo tokens? So. Yeah, I, I think in my mind, it would be better to, to wait longer. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think this is, what, this is what's exciting about governance. Um, we're going to have a lot of kind of very smart people and um, very open to being convinced it'll be better to kind of open that revenue sharing um, early on. Um, but there will be Apollo rewards um, pretty much from the beginning uh, for, those, for those stakers. Gotcha. So it'll be kind of the, the liquidity mining rewards. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I. You know, when I when I was reading about that, I was very excited that you guys were, were applying that uh, Z Apollo token model. Um, and, you know, since we talked a little bit about governance already, uh, why don't we dive a bit deeper into that? You know, because it's related to obviously how things like the war chest are going to be operated. How is the Z Apollo token model going to operate and different things like that? So, you know, I read that you guys are are you know, moving towards this progressive decentralization model, which is what a lot of teams are doing. You know, you start off more centralized with the company and then, you know, a core team. And then over time, you progressively decentralize and move towards this DAO model where the community governs, you know, the decision, the token holders are governing the decisions for the protocol's future. Um, how, how is the Apollo team thinking about and planning to kind of progressively decentralize the DAO away from, kind of this centralized model yeah no great question um and yeah i, I think at the moment um we are apollo dow but we are on no um we're under no illusions that, that we are we are still very centralized at the moment and it is kind of something we're working on but then i think i, I think on the other hand you, you do also have a massive problem if you try and decentralize too quickly um i think i think you kind of if you see stuff like um take um, Olympus, for example, that's kind of started off very decentralized very early on. And I think people kind of see that and go kind of, we could do that. But I think projects like that take a very, it's very organic and it's very unique. And I don't think you can kind of predict um, how well it's going to be. So I think we're taking the route much more of kind of building up all the tools necessary to to allow the community uh, to be able to, to manage it. So I think at the moment we have we've kind of hit stage, stage one of decentralization. It's not a single person making any decisions. So we have um, 11 um, co-founders um, so not all of us work full-time and we're all kind of from a variety of, of different um, backgrounds different ideas uh, but every major decision that we have to make we put it through um, a vote between all 11 of us we have to get a 67 percent majority for any of these decisions to pass and that's all done kind of through our multi-sig as well so although it's not publicly decentralized it is not kind of um, it's not it's not a single person kind of making these decisions and I think nothing really gets passed without being kind of thoroughly debated and we, we we're not um i'd say we're pretty tough with these things and and sometimes it means stuff takes longer than than it would ideally take and but i think yeah i think it's the, the right way to take the moment um and then kind of going forward i think that there's a number of things that, that projects really need to be fully decentralized so i think one is this if they have a treasury it makes it much easier to be kind of decentralized you can pay the developers you can pay contributors you can kind of people to be involved and kind of run the project um i think they also need um kind of these revenue generated projects so something something that's already been kind of created and that's running and that they can kind of operate um it's a lot easier than kind of designing and kind of building new things as well um so i think yeah treasury um kind of having products already built 
and then I think kind of the other thing is a lot of these these projects have uh, I guess kind of a, a black hole of of leadership like you, I think the ones that you've seen that have been successful they've always had really big people that have kind of or big characters that have kind of stepped in and they've filled in these leadership positions and they've um they've kind of thrown their their whole self into the, these projects and quite often it's because they've been early investors and they've done well out of it so they can invest some time in it um but we would really kind of look to look to build that up and we we've begun with our um our ogs and, and this would be kind of the the core um bit of the community that are kind of really engaged and have kind of shown knowledge and experience around apollo and we think could be um, beneficial long term so i think yeah, just kind of really kind of building up this community, giving them the tools they need, um, putting kind of make sure there's kind of leaders in place to make decisions. Um, and that it's not just like a, here you go, um, kind of enjoy, it's all yours now kind of thing. And I think we, we do we do sometimes see that. And uh, I think I think Mirror is maybe kind of a good example around that. And I think it's a good one to use because I see exactly why they did it. It was um, obviously a bit more risk having kind of stock and mirrored stocks. So, so I think kind of a decentralization approach was great, but then, you also see a little bit of uh, both rapidly, you see a little bit of uh, lack of direction and, and stuff like that um, sometimes. So so I, I think, yeah, I, I think there are kind of disadvantages to, to decentralizing too quickly. Um, but but in the long term, I think it's it's completely the way to go. It's how we're going to kind of crowdsource all, all this brain power. And even kind of at the moment from the community, um, they're always kind of coming up with ideas we've not even thought about. And um, yeah, we've been, we've been super lucky. There's some super smart people in there, and um, they've they've been really helpful. And I think that's the thing as well. If you if you have suggestions and you think we're we're not doing, uh, we could be doing stuff better, or, or oh sorry, um, or could do stuff differently, I, uh, we're very open to kind of looking at new ways and looking at ways we can kind of keep decentralizing. Um, so I think now that we've had the token, that's kind of the the next bit of decentralization, and then the following bit would be the governance is kind of going to be the the real big one. Um, I say that's kind of the big main stage, but even when that comes out, the, the team's going to still be there kind of building, still going to be kind of supporting, creating proposals um, and, and really kind of make it, making sure that it runs. Um, I think even when we get to kind of our full level of decentralization, um, uh, we've all kind of put a lot of kind of time, energy into this and, 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 we, and we love it. So I, I, I can't really see many of us um, um, ever kind of le leaving fully. So, so I, I think um, even when it's kind of a fully decentralized project, I think we'll still be um have some relative kind of voice in the community and still be looking for kind of new things that we can drive forward um so yeah i, I think we've got kind of a, a long way to go and we're definitely not under i mean fully yet, but um yeah we, i think we've got a kind of a solid plan um and it is something we're kind of looking to put out uh, information on exactly how we're kind of planning to do that a little bit more that's great to hear and it, it's great to hear that you know the team members that you like you just talked about are, are wanting to be part of this long term and you know, even when it does get, move to this fully decentralized DAO model, it's going to, you know, still consist of those core OG members of the Apollo DAO community. And I, I kind of threw a tough question at you, at you there because, you know, it's interesting to me and I like to hear people's thoughts on it because I don't think that there really is a tried and true tested way of progressively decentralizing yet. You know, there's we're still so early in in, you know, the DeFi ecosystem and the DeFi life cycle, you know, that or the existence of DeFi rather, um, you know, that we don't really have a model for progressively decentralizing yet that is, you know, tested and it works and everyone kind of does it like it's a standard way of doing it. Um, and so it's, it's a tough problem to solve because like you said, if you do it too early, you know, you could really run into some issues there. If you, if you, you know, stick to being centralized too long, you might lose the trust of the community members that know 
that you're trying to move towards a decentralized model or you're purporting to move towards that sort of a model. So I think it's a tough question, but I appreciate you giving your thoughts on it. Um, like I've been talking about throughout this, you know, if people have any questions uh, for Bruce, feel free to just request to speak. I want to give people a chance to do that here before we end. Uh, we're coming up on the hour mark in about seven minutes. So if people have any uh, last questions for Bruce, uh, I obviously have a ton more. I could talk to Bruce all day about Apollo Dow. It's a really interesting project. But if you guys have some as well, feel free to uh, request to speak and I'll bring you up here. Um, but Bruce, while we're, on, while we're on the thread of governance, um, why don't we talk a little bit about meta-governance, which is a new term that I, that I learned uh, when I was reading the Medium articles uh, from Apollo Dow. So could you explain for those that don't know the term, what is meta-governance and how is this enabled through Apollo Dow? Yeah. Um, so, so in its simplest terms, it's one protocol managing the, the governance of, of, a, of another protocol. Um, so, for example, if, if the war chest is accumulating, we'll take Astro tokens as we were talking about that. If we're accumulating Astro tokens, we then have voting power within the, the Astro platform. Um, so what we would do is make that, that voting power available to our users. So um, I, I guess kind of the balance here is to get is um, we don't want to kind of overload people with, with proposals, but I think kind of especially the, the important ones we could then kind of have, uh, we put the vote up to our community and you could basically use your Apollo tokens to vote where Apollo uses that um, that Astroport voting power or any other kind of tokens that we, we accumulate, we can then kind of use that voting power. Um, and I think it kind of goes beyond the voting as well. I think we also... Um, we also kind of want to get involved in the kind of discussions around these proposals. And I think the more kind of energy, the more life, the more um, discussion you can bring to kind of these, um, these kind of proposals and these governance, um, kind of the better as well. And I think even going forward from there, I think we could also be working for projects. So if other projects wanted to get listed on, um, take Mars, for example, as collateral, and we kind of worked with them and we had a large amount of, of Mars tokens, we could then kind of use that to help them get listed as well. And, I, I think we, we want to kind of be on, go, go beyond being just a, a profit-making DeFi protocol. I think, uh, although profit is, is definitely kind of a, uh, a big part of it, like any business, I think the fact that if we're holding Luna um, and, the, and we're kind of improving the, the Terra ecosystem, then it just seems like, a, although it's, it's a more convoluted way to make profit, it is still kind of uh, beneficial and helping. So I think the more that we can kind of uh, benefit the ecosystem and kind of drive governance, drive voting, and kind of drive interest in it as well, uh, um, the better. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a really interesting concept. When I read about it initially, I was like, wow, this is a great way for people to increase the power that they have, the voting power that they have by participating in Apollo DAO, because if they want to get something done, if they're active in the Apollo DAO community, and you know that governance structure is such that you know, the community has a say in how the war chest is deployed, they're able to actually have a say in how a massive amount of votes are going to be uh, allocated in terms of the governance of other protocols that the war chest invests into. So I thought that was a really interesting idea. And I think something that maybe other projects will take notice of and, and maybe uh, adopt to their own kind of models. Um, but uh, sorry, did you want to add something in there, Bruce? No, I was going to say that, that that was a really good point, and I, I really hope they do. And I think kind of, I think this is kind of what we we've, we've seen it, it with Curve at the moment. It has suddenly become kind of a super popular thing to have voting power, and I can see people can see the benefits, and they're kind of fighting over it. Um, and and I think kind of 
for me, um, kind of in terms of voting and, and governance, vote apathy is kind of the, the worst uh, the worst outcome you could you can really have. I think you want people kind of engaged in your protocol. I think you want people really wanting to make those decisions. So yeah, I think anything we kind of do towards doing that as well um, is always good. But yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like voter turnout is a huge problem, obviously, in traditional uh, voting in the real world. But, you know, voting on the blockchain seems to still not be garnering a lot of, you know, attention by by the people that own the token and people just don't seem that interested in governance. But I think we're going to see as these protocols grow to be incredibly large in terms of the amount of money that's in them and the amount of power they have over, you know, the ecosystem, I think we're going to see people start to care more and those votes will be worth more in the future than they are today. But I think the people that take advantage today and make some of those bets on protocols that they're really bullish on today in terms of, you know, aggregating as much of the tokens that they need to have voting power in these, on, in terms of these different proposals is going to be a good long-term bet for those protocols that end up being massively successful. So that's kind of something I'm looking into personally is how can I kind of uh, aggregate or accrue a lot of the tokens that really bullish on, not just for price exposure, but also for some of that uh, power to actually have influence in terms of decision-making in a decentralized structure which I think is going to be increasingly more important as we move more and more towards the DAO model for pretty much most businesses. Um, I just wanted to thank you, Bruce, for coming on today and um, you know everyone here for popping in as well. And hopefully this is valuable for you guys. We really appreciate you coming on, Bruce. And for those that can't speak, let's, uh, let's give Bruce some emojis to show him some love for coming on to Alpha Hour this week. And um, hopefully we'll be able to have either you, Bruce, or, or someone else from Apollo Dow come on in the future as you guys have some of these interesting new things coming down uh, the pike and have you guys talk about some of those things as well. Awesome. No, thanks so much for having me on. I, I always kind of really enjoy things and uh, I always kind of feel like I come away with, with a lot as well. There's always um, a, a lot that kind of gives you thoughts and a lot of things that we can kind of learn from. And um, yeah, some um, great questions uh, from BitN8 as well. And that's going to be some, some things to do as well. So um, always appreciate appreciate that. And thanks so much for everyone for, for hopping on as well. Um, love to see uh, so many people um, and really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, for those of you that don't already, follow Bruce on Twitter at Cosmic underscore Ape One. So you can uh, follow him on there and get some of the notifications when he tweets or retweets stuff. And also make sure that you guys head over to our Twitter account, Orbital Command here, and you can find a link in our bio to get all of the latest news and updates from the Terra ecosystem through our Intel report on Telegram. So definitely check that out. And we will see you guys all next Tuesday. See you soon. Thanks, Thanks everyone. It was amazing. Thanks, Bruce. As always, love this Tuesday night. Have a great one, everyone. Cheers. You too. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Orbital Command hosting their weekly Twitter space. Uh, today happened to be special guest Cosmic Ape One from Apollo Dow with a little Apollo AMA. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Walking through town like we the kings of this shit. More like the court jester. Got people feeling a grin. I'm eager to equally fit in and not fit in at all. Selling technological dope out the bathroom stall. Got a line a mile long. Cutting up a rug. 
People need cheeseburgers and drugs And enough screen time to start feeling a buzz Moths to the flame and I don't mean bugs If you're online then you're a user All these apps are addictive and you're abusing We're giving these companies so much information Then we wonder why life sucks and we're complacent In the destruction of infinite juxtapositioning Within different decisions it must have gone better in another timeline And tits up in this one Now it's time to log off Bye bye We know that engagement with social media and our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. That's why when you get a text, it feels good. And we've all had it where you're feeling a little bit down or feeling a little bit lonely. And so you send out 10 texts to 10 friends, you know, hi, 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 hi. Because we know when you get it, you get a hit of dopamine, which feels good. Why we like it is why we keep going back. Jumping back in with a quick one, two. And if you say fuck me, I'm gonna say fuck, I love you. On some turn the other cheek shit, up shit's creek shit. Turn the sentry into a sensei, then teach it. Smoking the senses, seen it. More densely populated areas, yeah, I've seen them. Not a fan, like being found in Amelia. Clean fingers and bulimia, now throw it up. Trying to grow up in the best timeline. And let the light shine for a couple lifetimes. Hoping these aliens can toss me a lifeline before ice gets them and makes them all go bye-bye remember when timeline jump in it's wise to keep your mind on something you never know how you're gonna react try to hold on and bring yourself back when you snap right now a child is being born online and being favorited and retweeted all with the appropriate hashtags so it's no wonder that 92 percent of two-year-olds in the united states of america have an online record because parents have been socializing their children since conception. Right now, an infant is getting their first laptop that's soft and squishy and makes noise, and they're struggling with it. Right now, an infant is getting their first iPhone and learning to tap and swipe all while drooling on it. 92% of two-year-olds play video games because that is what parents are putting in front of their precious children to keep them entertained and quiet. Right now, a toddler is being potty trained on a specially designed potty to hold their electronic device. Right now, a toddler is learning where to put their device down so that they can wipe while they're learning to go to the bathroom. Right now, a family is out to dinner at a restaurant, not enjoying each other's company, but each staring into the screen of their choice, completely ignoring the family members. Spaces.